Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 61 with independent learning tech analyst, John Lane. Today I interview Alessio Artufo, president and COO of Tochevo, the world's fastest growing LMS company about the impact of AI and learning technology. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at talentedlearning.com. Well, welcome back listeners. On this show, I am fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning technology from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives, and today is no different. From the vendor expert side of the fence, we're lucky to have Alessio here to share his perspectives on how AI is changing Docebo and changing the learning systems industry. Uh, I've been covering uh, artificial intelligence now for quite a few years inside the learning system space and seeing how it's spreading and growing, and it impacts all different areas of the learning system market from things like content recommendations and automating administrative tasks and like skill tagging, doing transcriptions of videos and translations, even content development. Uh, There's so much innovation going on. And as you may have suspected, Docebo is a leader in artificial intelligence inside a learning system. So we wanted to bring Alessio here today to catch us all up to speed and all the great things they're doing in their solution and see how AI is impacting the industry and what we can expect going forward. So Alessio, welcome to the Talented Learning Show. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's awesome to be here. Thank you, John, for having me. All right. Well, for those of you that don't know uh, Docebo, I think it'd be hard because, uh, you know, in my opinion, they're the most popular uh, learning management system solution out in the market. And it's not just an opinion. Uh, I surveyed 150 uh, different uh, learning system solutions uh, last year for our our awards, and I asked one of the questions is name your number one competitor uh, that you see in the marketplace, or name your top three competitors actually. And uh, Docebo's name uh, came up seventy five percent of the time uh, as the number one competitor. Uh, these solutions were running into uh, in the marketplace, and you know my personal theory on that is uh, Docebo is always first out. Uh, with the new technology from things like, you know, mentoring or social learning and gamification, um, you know, extended enterprise in general, and now AI. And so uh, the footprint of what you've been able to achieve and uh, that you've been able to, uh, the vision that you set in place, Alessio, is is just fantastic. Um, but before we go any further into AI, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and about uh, Docebo and bring us up to speed on where the organization is in 2023, and then we'll dig into the, the serious stuff. Well, thank you, John. That was um, that was quite an introduction. I really appreciate it. And um, and we we value the contribution that your your company brings uh, to, to our market and you know in education that you've done over the years in learning and extended enterprise has been just admirable so kudos back yeah, to thanks. you but let, yeah um, to answer the question look uh the chebo fast forward um, from uh, the earlier days uh, of um, uh, becoming a learning management system in the enterprise space uh, in 2012 uh, back uh, 10 years ago, plus we launched our first SaaS version. Fast forward to today, the company has um, about $160 million in revenues. Um, the company is public as of 2019. Um, we we have more than 3,500 3, customers globally. Um, and um, yeah, and, and things have been amazing. We continue to grow globally. We 
currently, uh, you know, call home, uh, and not only Italy, which is where the, the business was originally funded, and then um, North America, in Canada, and in the United States, where we've grown at the fastest rate, but we were doing amazing things uh, in, uh, in the UK, in Germany, in France. Uh, um, we continue our, our interest in investing also in the, in the Middle East, uh, and um, our latest uh, um, uh, global activities have been in the dark region in Germany in particular, and in Australia, um, really trying to satisfy and, uh, and cover the APAC market, and these are the latest initiatives, but yeah, um, on, the, on the product front, which is I know what uh, most people are more interested in, the company continues to uh, grow thanks to the power of the flagship learning platform, uh, yeah, which is designed uh, for organizations, enterprises, and uh, government organizations that want to use the Chebo at scale for both internal and external use cases. Um, and I know that today we're going to talk about AI, so I'm sparing for later what uh, questions you, you may have on AI, but, but there's a lot going on on that front as well. So how does uh, how does AI uh, play into the strategy? So you know, when did you first start thinking about AI in in your product suite, and and how does it impact your strategy? And kind of where where are the areas? Big question. Where are the areas of impact uh, yeah. with, with, with that the technology? Tell us all about it. Yeah. So so John, um, several years ago, our CEO Claudio Erba. Uh, who is uh, an absolute technology fanatic um, and uh, a true visionary in the space in the sense that he has this greater ability to look at five years later and, and try to understand where the market's going. I think this is an unparalleled quality that he has. And, you know, this, this quality has helped us to invest way earlier. I think 2017, 2018 is when we actually built our official former uh, formal uh, AI lab at the Chebo. We have a group of engineers that do true R&D, true research in the field of AI applied to our space, applied to our platform. And so I want to I want to underscore the fact that whilst uh, you know the topic of AI is very hot and trendy and buzzy right now, um, frankly, it was a, <laughs> a territory that we've uh, spent a ton of time on uh, in the past few years. Um, our product is filled with uh, um, AI-powered or AI-centric areas. Um, and, and just to not get too technical about it, but uh, first and foremost, I would say uh, we've launched not too long ago, it's been a year or more, a little bit more than a year, uh, our uh, content creation technology called Shape. And Shape is entirely an AI technology that allows companies to create um, uh, content at scale and translation at scale. Just to be clear, it is not a direct competitor to your average um, uh, authoring tool uh, designed for advanced instructional design projects, but it's more of an advanced content creation technology to automate uh, and produce uh, fast content. And typical use cases are, uh, you know, product and marketing communications that a company may have uh, to be executed uh, um, fast and in multiple languages. So that's what Shape is exceptionally good at. 
Um, it can start from a link, it can start from a document, uh, and it's really capable, thanks to the AI algorithm, of summarizing and bringing to a sort of micro-learning approach, if you so desire, in a video format, uh, a tremendous amounts of content uh, using its own uh, library and its own AI algorithm. Shape is... Uh, uh, I would say in its uh, uh, um, uh, early stage of maturity, and we have a perspective that the world of content will evolve tremendously. And as we think about shaping the future, we can see immediate uh, adjacency to other uh, fields uh, of learning, such as coaching, virtual coaching, simulations, and and in all of it, there's a lot of uh, reutilization and leverage uh, for technolo technologies like GPT. Um, so I would say that the journey that we've embarked on years ago with Shape and beyond uh, is just going to get uh, more investments on our side because we believe uh, tremendously in the power of the AI technology and how it should improve the user experience. Mm -hmm. um, one thing as well, Shape is not the only era of uh, um, presence of AI in our product. Uh, we we currently have um, AI pervasive in our search capabilities. Uh, um, <clears throat> you know, our search will will essentially work on the basis of transcript generation. And so even with videos, the AI will uh, transcode the video, the, the text from an actual video and be able to allow for search within audio that is transcribed in the backend by AI, AI algorithms. Um, in addition to that, to improve workflows, um, we're automating um, uh, content to skills mapping as well as the content tagging categorization, which is a very hefty and tedious task when you have uh, hundreds, if not thousands of learning objects to categorize against uh, certain skill set and competencies, having the AI engine remove um, 70 to 80% of the job and allowing you to curate the 20% of the job, it's a tremendous gain in productivity. Wow, wow. Wow. So for content creation, uh, that, that's all uh, cool areas of, of, of impact. Let's dig into a, a yeah. couple of them real, real quick. Uh, so for content creation, tell me what like the end piece of content. So say I gave you a URL to, uh, you know, to a, I don't know, a 60 minute webinar recording, you know, that we did at Talented Learning. What would it, the end content look like that? How would it, what yeah. would it do? Yeah. So um, it would, it would look for, those elements that are critical in the content to convey the fundamental message and summarize that content in a format that is extremely pleasant from a look and feel standpoint, delivered more in the form of a video, um, and do that in a way that allows you within seconds, and I mean seconds, to translate the content in uh, uh, many languages. Um, additionally, it would allow you to distribute that content uh, in um, e-learning trackable distributable formats like XAPI. And so the content not only is uh, quick to create and produce, uh, but it's easy to distribute across multiple platforms, whether it's the Chebo or others. Wow. Wow. Impressive. Impressive. And uh, you mentioned uh, earlier about uh, chat GPT. 
Why don't yeah. you expand on that? Uh, I, I'm probably hard to find somebody that doesn't know what that is. Uh, over the, the last 90 days, it went from nowhere on my feed to, you know, sure. I don't know, about 200 articles a day. But give us an overview of what that is and, and how do you think that's going to impact your strategy or the, the industry in general? Sure, yeah. No, listen, uh, um, we, we've been following the evolution of GPT in its various phases from um, way earlier days of the current buzz and the, the current trend. Um, and so, listen, I, here's an example of how, um, you know, um, chat GPT uh, plus shape could potentially play out. You say you prompt chat GPT to, to write a short article on a, on a particular topic, right? Um, and the AI will generate an article in seconds. Now, you can review the AI output uh, to fact check, tweak, you know, polish the language. Um, and, then, and then you can feed the content into the Cheba shape and define the output length. So the Cheba shape, what it would do is to create an, an engaging deck in just a few minutes. You would then would review the deck and and, and then use Shape AI to create audio voiceover for the deck uh, to increase accessibility um, and to translate the deck into multiple languages. I would say GPT um, opens up uh, uh, additional avenues that are not just um, um, in the area of summarization, which is what our algorithms are used for now, um, mm -hmm. but it can be used, uh, again, like I said before, for improved auto-tagging. And... Um, and in the area of simulation management, we've we've seen some really interesting technology uh, powered by GPT that allows um, for very smart simulation and smart coaching um, that can leverage, uh, you know, millions of data points live by just having me interact with an interface that has all this knowledge and that can um, can be very very helpful in the context of uh, uh, live training. In, in a more simulation-driven uh, uh, manner. But, you know, this is something more that pertains to the vision as opposed to the now, but we, we, have, uh, we have a vision for the future and we believe GPT belongs to those categories. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of vision, uh, you know, three years from now, where, where's all this going? You've, you've, you've shed some good light on where content and content authoring uh, uh, can be going. What about some of the other areas? What, how do you see the shape in the industry and uh, how, how's that impacting your strategy? Like wh where's yeah. it all going? Yeah, well, you know, everybody's um, in the, the adoption of technologies like GPT, OpenAI initiatives, BARD, there's, there's no doubt that they are going to affect not only our industry, but broadly the technology space and beyond. Um, I think I think worthy saying in our space, in our space intended as a learning space, the approach to content creation will um, likely change. This technology makes it easier and, and what I love about it is it allows more and more the humans to be at the center of the qualitative work as opposed to of the quantitative work. Um, it, it will be easier for content to be self-generated and 
and you know I can see where we are going to spend more time in in qualitative parts uh, of the content development process. Um, it is not it is not I think too much in the future to envision a world in which for sure the need for compliance content for regulatory aspects of the business life will continue to have an enormous market um, in the way that we know of it today. However, there's going to be a lot of demand for software capabilities um, of platforms that are capable of capturing a need or a workflow or a skill or a career plan and create content um, rather on the fly um, instead of relying on, you know, uh, authored content with highly expensive content development processes and or uh, highly expensive content catalogs. Um, I believe the learning management industry will converge as well. Uh, in in when all this plays out, because it is only reasonable to believe that let's imagine a um, um, even headless LMS for for what it's uh, worth, where of meaning an environment where the concept of enrolling somebody in a course, in my opinion, will be. Uh, we're going to chuckle at it in three to five years. Just the idea of having to enroll an individual in a given course, because we already possess, uh, organizations possess the information of an individual that has a job to do today in their own uh, uh, capabilities and that they want to go somewhere else from a career and mobility standpoint. And so why do we really need to make manual decisions of enrolling individuals in courses? It seems a little archaic. There's enough intelligence out there to understand learning styles, learning preferences, and, uh, and learning needs based on skill set and observation. And I think there's going to be a change in the job market where learning administrators will be more experienced curators, will be learning curators for the employees or customers, as opposed to truly doing admin work. The, the world that we want to live in is a world where the tedious tasks need to be reduced. And I think this technology will help that and, and will make happy a lot of LMS admins that we hear from our customers all the time, less, less clicking work and more thinking work. Wow. Wow. Great vision. Great vision. Um, you, you mentioned a lot of things, but one thing you, you know, that, that struck me is that you keep talking about the, the, the current hype of, uh, of AI. Mm -hmm. How... Is it to a point yet where or buying organizations can quantify or measure uh, the the result of this? Uh, is that something that's possible yet, or is it still too much in the hype phase? Uh, but I'd love to get these new technologies down to you know actual profitability or some you know metric that you can measure. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, 
I think it depends on, you know, it depends on the complexity of the technology that is utilizing and leveraging AI. And I would say it also depends on the uh, jobs to be done or, you know, the, the goals to accomplish. For sure, when you're talking about um, enterprise complex workflows, there's a lot of factors into play. Uh, if you think about even a simple workflow of um, uh, spinning up a class for a court of users uh, in a uh, enterprise, uh, you know, large company, uh, uh, there's there's a lot of steps that happen there. What I think we can measure pretty easily the impact on a of AI in our world is uh, by simplifying the access to content creation and and speeding that up i think i think that's very well known the average amount of time that it takes to go from course concept learning objective storyboarding content outline content production content review metadata management metadata upload and all of that good stuff and 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 fruition these are months long processes and, and I think businesses that are in that specific field are going to be able to gain a tremendous advantage um, by using that technology in the proper way. In our world, the way we think about it is in terms of workflow time reduction. And so, you know, um, how, do we, how do we enable uh, customers to do same things better and, again, in a way more automated manner? Um, what we do today, just for clarity, for every time in the Shebo somebody is using AI, we can track um, how much the AI impacted the decisions of the end user. In other words, imagine that you're spinning up a piece of content in the Shebo shape, and you're adjusting and, and deleting certain things or adding new things. We're gonna we're gonna take that into account. And the algorithm becomes smarter by learning from those end users' behavior and reducing uh, uh, the time in the future that it would take to doing that same action from that individual. And you know, this is this is because AI continually iterates, iterates on behaviors and data. And that iteration, the more it's being used, that's what that's why people say, you know, the more the data, the more the smart. Is, um, is going to be impacting workflow reductions and improve uh, the products and the perception that the customers have of those products. So I think in general, we're a little early, but early is relative at the speed in which everything happens today. Um, because I think, you know, it's early, but months early, not years early. That is my view. Wow, wow. That's probably, uh, that was very astute. Um, uh way of looking at it. it's just workflow time reduction is is the easiest way to get to measurement right now how long is it taking you to do the task and how long is it taking you to do the task now and uh, there's your roi uh, to put it exactly together. right so yeah that's pretty that, that pretty much simplifies it into something that i think most people can get their arms around well we're already uh, out of time already so let's uh, head to the last question i always end the podcast with a good advice question in this case you know, what would be your best advice to uh, learning and professional, uh, learning and development professionals uh, of harnessing the power of, of AI? So say they're not doing it right now. I mean, obvious solution, and maybe they switched to your LMS, but, you know, maybe something a little uh, broader than that. You know, what, what steps should they start taking right now 
to prepare, uh, prepare something, maybe even that measurement we were just yeah. talking about, but yeah, no, that, no that's, that. a, that's an awesome question. So, so again, I think we'll continue to learn more and, uh, and, uh, you know, advices are also the result of learning and we will be learning ourselves as we experiment with this technology a lot more, but uh, based on the current experience we have, I would say a few, three things come to mind uh, more than others. And there may be more, but the ones that I like to highlight are number one, um, AI doesn't mean, AI leverage doesn't mean ignoring the human factor. Um, Gen AI is powerful and promising and, and certainly um, it's gonna become uh, uh, pervasive, um, but we don't, we don't see it as a substitute for people. Um, I think I, I, I glanced over the concept before, but you still want your top performers to share their knowledge and expertise, right? It, ChatGPT is not a substitute for that. And you want your top performers doing qualitative work and not quantitative work that can be automated. And so again, I see it as an opportunity for professional life improvement as opposed to the fear of, is it gonna take my job? Um, as long as we stay flexible with the logic of that our jobs is are going to be impacted, everybody's, everybody's, they're gonna be impacted and affected. But if we can trans take the opportunity in our favor, that, that is it. The second point is about security and privacy. I think we're already seeing a, a trend that we have tracked it for a while of companies wanting to know what the heck happens with the AI decisions that are made in the platform. Are you using my data? Are you sharing it with others? Are you doing a statistical analysis? Is this concerning for me? Should I be worried? And so, listen, I don't know what others are doing or will do, but the position we've taken and we've spoken about this publicly in our latest earnings calls, we're actually building an AI uh, control panel. Um, what that allows organizations to do is to make granular decisions in the way AI-generated data is going to be treated. You can opt in and opt out of it. You can actually have your own, uh, um, you know, we call it vault, uh, meaning uh, um, data sets of AI that are specific to your company where the algorithm operates only to the behaviors of your company as opposed to blending the data with other companies. And I just feel like uh, in the enterprise space, this is going to be critical for companies to understand that then chief information security officers are going to be all over it along with legal teams. And so we're preparing ourselves to what we believe is going to be a trend. There's going to be literature over this, probably a lot of uh, uh, legal aspects to consider. And, you know, we're building technology to scale that. Um, and, you know, the last thing I will say is everybody is focused on the obvious use cases writing, human generation, coding, recommendations, you know, we we do that too. Um, one thing I would say is uh, think of AI also for uh, the potential to go uh, beyond uh, these um, immediately obvious uh, options, but even thinking about helping with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, AI is now going to have, uh, well, We'll see, hopefully is going to help us to remove unconscious bias, for example. Uh, think about that applied in the world of ATS, of applicant tracking systems, and in the world of uh, recruiting, and in the world of performance management. Um, it, will, it will help in learning, tailor learning experiences to people's individual levels of introversion, for example, uh, tax savviness, skill set. 
um, it can effectively help create uh, efficiencies where the human eye may have a bias towards. And so I like to emphasize that. Wow, sage advice, Alessio Artufo, president and COO of Docebo. That's uh, interesting, uh, interesting advice there. Focus on the people. You're going to have to start thinking about your security as an organization and what's important to you and be prepared to think out of the box because we've just barely scratched the surface of of the yeah. impact uh, that that's going to be in inside of learning and talent and performance uh, platforms going forward. So, Alessio, thank you very much for stopping by. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time, and it's great to finally have you here. It was an interesting discussion, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you, John. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Outstanding. And listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Town to Learning Show. You can find more of our fiercely independent content at TownToLearning.com. And of course, you can find more information about Docebo at Docebo.com. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you on the next.